Season's going to end on a double doink, 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 doink. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know. I had an idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea and then, uh... Prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I don't know. I had an idea. That's the result you're going to get. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. Now in hour number two, coming your way. Talk a little preseason football as we get into the first full week of preseason football. All right, we'll dive into that with our next guest, Scott Spritzer, in the house, taking care of business with that. Reminder: We'll be back at the Westgate tomorrow inside the world famous Superbook. Come on by, see the show live. John Murray will be joining us, of course, the executive director of the Superbook. Let's get ready for a big weekend, not only of NFL action, but Major League Baseball pennant races. We have that for you and a whole lot more coming your way tomorrow. Plus, Ace is back in action tomorrow night. The Washington Mystics come to town. So we'll look forward to that. And again, uh, anticipating another sellout uh, tomorrow night. Uh, get your tickets uh, while they last at access.com, AXS. Ace is 25-3 and three, and uh, on their way to eclipsing the uh, least most wins in the history of the league. That marked 27-3 and three by the Houston Comets in 1998. So Ace is going to continue to roll, and uh, we'll be talking about that uh, tomorrow as well. All right, continuing on here in hour number two, my man, Scott Spritzer, handicapper extraordinaire. What's happening, brother? I'm in a real good mood now because I think I just heard some Larry Blackman and Cameo 1995-ish. <laughs> well, we come into the- that'd be a little bit late for Cameo. You know, Cameo is more the 84, 88, 85 uh, uh, genre there. Well, but, that's why I said 85-ish. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, right, exactly, that's okay. So, yeah, all good, I though. I think that was back and forth right there, if I remember right. No, okay, so if you're talking about that open, I, again, I, I don't I don't want to uh, correct you, okay, but that was actually the Timex Social Club with Rumors, 1984. Oh, rumors. Look at all these rumors there, surrounding me every day. There, there yeah. it is. There it is. Yeah. There, there it is. But, you know, Cameo, uh, obviously, is we uh, back and forth, a uh, word up. I mean, all of that, uh, you know, part of the uh, – Part of the show music, so you're, you're on Timex, the, the, Timex Social Club, who had to change their name. Th- there you go, exactly. Uh, Jake, you know, funny, I was thinking first one that popped in my head was back and forth. Yeah, it, from cameo. It, it kind of has a little bit of that back and I love back and forth. Yeah, Jay yeah. King, Sacramento native, Timex Social Club, founded there in Sacramento. There's a little uh, a tidbit for you, and then they go into Club Nouveau because yeah, they had to change their name because. Timex was involved there, you know. The watch company didn't uh, think too kindly about. It. I remember the uh, yeah. Look at all these rumors surrounding me every day, and on and on and on. So, there, yeah, there you go, man. There you go. See, next that's time I want to hear Larry Blackman and uh, Cameo. Come on, he's playing request right now. There it is. I got that nunchuck. Scott Spritzer. I want to hear "She's Strange" instead She's of "Back strange. and Forth." I like it. You know it's coming in about five seconds, so just be prepared for that. There you go. As we do. We do play all the hits here. That's what we do. Now, which reminds me, Scott, um, and I'm going to invite you to to partake, uh, the third annual, the volume three of the T.C. Martin Show Song Fest coming. We do this uh, usually the Friday before Labor Day where our guests get to play DJ and select a song that is personal to them. So I'm giving you forewarning right now. Uh, August 31st will be our Songfest show, and uh, you get to partake, my friend. Oh, I appreciate it. And I, I take this like the Survivor series of the books, right. and that I cannot use Flashlight two years in a row. So Exactly. Uh, we'll bring you something else. He did. <laughs> he came strong with Flashlight last year. Exactly. So I, I got a feeling that you may even go off the genre a little bit, because I know how you are. You kind of want to spread it out. Because you are versatile like that. 
There you go. You know. I promise you won't be any Sarah Brightman, but we might go. Oh, away thank from, you, you know. very much. That's a, and that is the thing too. I got to tell you. Uh, you know, the, the commissioner does have to screen these too, because if we get anything like that, then yeah, we would have to veto. And that's when I loved it when you went with Parliament Flashlight last year. Everyone, yes. That's great. It won't be sweet number one by Bach either. I promise you. We won't go there. Wow. How about that depth? How about that depth for my man? Oh my goodness. I would imagine you know a, a few girls that you could say that you got could actually play this song for or sing to, right? As well, too. You know if you Absolutely. Have a few strange ones back in the day, right? Yeah, we could figure out a few strange ones back in the day, but uh, <laughs> listen to Bach Suite number one, then listen to Van Halen and tell me Eddie Van Halen would have been around if you didn't have J.S. Bach 150 years ago. <laughs> Johann Sebastian Bach. Uh, Bach. I love that. Uh, all right, man. Preseason tonight. Um, are you partaking? We've got two games. We've got Houston and New England. We've got Minnesota and Seattle. And I know that we had the Hall of Fame game. We talked to you about that going back last week. Um, how much are you, are you are liking these matchups that we're seeing this weekend? Again, full-fledged football in action here. Yeah, I have three small plays this week, and they go on Saturday. I'm not involved in tonight's games. I almost jumped in on Houston because, you know, I mean, really there's like three teams that have solid quarterback rotations, and that's what I'm looking for, solid preseason quarterback rotations. Houston's quarterback rotation is not going to do anything for them in the regular season. But preseason-wise, they've got three guys that are vying, you know, for first and second string. And for me – I look at that and then I say, okay, three and a half doesn't scare me off, but it's New England. And, you know, once in a while, old Bill likes to uh, try to win football games no matter what time of year it is. And so I just decided, you know, higher than three, I'm going to pass. And as far as that other game, I know a lot of people who think the over is coming in and I didn't bet this. I lean towards the under because I look at, and I know Minnesota's defense stunk last year, but we're not going to see starters out there for Minnesota, if at all, but maybe, I don't know, half a quarter, if that. And you're going to look at the quarterbacks who are going to be sitting their tails on the bench for the most part between the Vikings and the Seahawks. And I just thought you'd see, you know, more running plays in that first game and the total sitting at 37. But I decided to pass, bo- uh, pass both, and I, I went with three games that are all taking place on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I mean, tonight you're looking at, you know, we talk about quarterback rotation, you're right. I mean, that is key. Uh, when you're going to wager on preseason football. So you've got Case Keenum, what Davis Mills and CJ Stroud. That's your quarterback rotation for Houston, which again, I don't think, you know, we know what CJ Stroud is going to be, but there's nothing wrong with a guy like Case Keenum or even Davis Mills who has started a good amount of games. And I think that's what you got to, got to look for in these preseason games, especially week one, right? His experience. Exactly. And I mentioned earlier this week on another show about the fact that you get Case Keenum as your third quarterback. You know, Stroud is expected to start. And Case Keenum as your third quarterback in preseason football, that's not bad. You know, so uh, I'm kind of at this point, what I'm hoping for is that Houston loses tonight so I can come back and look at them in a week two. Um, but again, it was Houston or nothing. I decided to play on the nothing and uh, in pass and just watch and take a couple of notes. But, uh, you know, again, this was last night or maybe it was this morning when I saw that they're talking about starting Stroud, giving him the first look and then going on from there. But again, you, you, Mills knows what he's doing. Obviously, Keenan does. And there's no intimidation because when you look at like major college football, quarterback comes out of major college football, he steps on a preseason NFL football field. And when he is going against starters or second stringers for the first time, the speed factor rises. The speed yeah. factor in preseason NFL is tougher and better and faster than it is in college. Then it takes another leap in the regular season, then yet another leap in the, uh, leap in the playoffs. And so I just, I, you know, I'm talking, ah, C.J. Stroud's going to start. He'll probably be okay, but I just don't want to have to play him that first time when he's making that leap from college football speed level up to NFL speed level, even though it's preseason. And by speed level, I don't mean just the guys are quicker and more athletic on the field, which they are. And these are all all-star teams, college all-star teams that are playing when they get to the NFL, but also the play calling, everything that goes with it, it all quickens. The pace gets faster. And so uh, I just decided, yeah, I'd probably go with Houston tonight if it was Mills or Keenum starting and got a few reps and then snaps and then go to Stroud 
maybe if he comes into the second or third quarter, but uh, just decided to make the pass. No, and you are spot on with that. Uh, and that, for, for me, that's a go against too. And I'll give you another reason that, that I factor in is that, okay, when you get, like, say, a high round pick like a CJ Stroud, who is a rookie coming in, okay, there are going to be veterans. Uh, you know, even if they're not starters, there's going to be some veterans that are out there on the defensive side of the ball, and they're going to want to send a message. They want to send, right. them, oh, this, this high-priced pr- rookie, oh yeah, welcome to the NFL, especially guys that's been in the league for three, four, five years. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're a middle linebacker, you're a defensive lineman, you know, or a free safety maybe wants to get a free run, no, they're going to send a message, you know, uh, like that. And uh, you're right, especially that week number one. And, you know, so as we're talking here, Here's what I'm thinking, too. Say if C.J. Stroud is going to get the start, well, he's not going to be in for that long, which means you're going to get the the majority of the game and maybe some meaningful time you know, in that third and that fourth quarter with a veteran guy in there where really the game is going to be won or lost in preseason. Right, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, inter- interesting stuff and, and great stuff uh, uh, to look at there uh, by Scott Spreitzer. Okay. By the way, I, the, my games are one on Friday, two on Saturday. I was thinking they all three go on Saturday, but we can talk about any of them if you want. Yeah, so. no, go, go go ahead, fire away. I'll just like I said, let's uh, you know, I want I want to um, talk with you about the Raiders and 49ers game, but that's not till Sunday. So so yeah, give give me who you like on Friday, and then uh, and then uh, let's go to Saturday. Yeah, I took three and a half with the Commanders. It's down to three. It was three and a half yesterday, and then it went down yesterday afternoon down to three. Uh, but and, and there is that caveat. This is why, first of all, you're limited on the amount you can bet in preseason football, and that's fine with me. And, again, I'm not playing big money in preseason. We saw it last week when the Jets cared or relatively cared, according to preseason caring. They're up 16-7, to 7, and then they stopped caring, and they wrapped it up in the second half and, uh, and got beat. But I like the commanders. A little bit of a... A little bit of a hitch and a giddy-up, I guess you can say, with all the news that came out with Eric Bieniemy. And I mean, we're not even a week one of preseason where they haven't even played their first game, and the players are already talking about not seeing eye-to-eye with Bieniemy, that he's a, uh, a serious taskmaster. Sounds to me like he's better fit for the college game if he's going to be an assistant head coach like he is with the commanders. But bottom line is, you got that quarterback rotation again. Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett, Jake Fromm go one, two, and three on the roster. And for preseason play, that's a strong rotation. And you're talking about veterans in Brissett and sort of Jake Fromm are going to be fighting in all likelihood for a number two spot behind Sam Howell, who's been named the starter. And then I looked at Cleveland last week. Kellen Bond and DTR finished with real nice numbers. It all came when the Jets stopped carrying. First half, Cleveland couldn't do anything offensively. They ran the football all day long. They had a huge day on the ground against the Jets in the second half. And what did the commanders do the most or the best? They're great at stopping the run. So they're not going to have their starters in there for very long at all on defense, but the format and the style on defense is in place, and that's all about stopping the run. So I, I think the commanders are a decent play here. Again, I got three and a half. If I, you know, I still like it at three if that's all I could get. And then on Saturday, uh, I went with Jacksonville. I laid the four over the Cowboys. Trevor Lawrence isn't going to play, uh, but I like the Jags' other two quarterbacks. You got C.J. Beathard, veteran NFLer, and Nathan uh, Rourke. I don't like these guys in the regular season, but I like them in August. I spent a lot of time watching Nathan Rourke uh, in his uh, CFL career. And I, as you know, I bet on the CFL. He completed 79 passes last year, 25 touchdowns in just 10 games in the CFL. Now, there's obviously a, a different game and a different setup when it comes to the field and the dimensions, but I think he'll be fine in this game in preseason action. Dak Prescott's not going to play for the Cowboys. I don't think he's played in August since like 2019. Right. And Cooper Rush should see some action, but then it's Will Greer the rest of the way, the kid out of West Virginia. So I like the Jags there. And one more, and I'll make it quick, is the, uh, the Ravens. And it's down to four. It was six yesterday. And here's basically what I'm doing, TC. I'm not kidding. Uh, for the last couple of years, because John Harbaugh wants to win if they're keeping score no matter what time of year it is, you know, he's won 23 in a row in preseason, 19 and four against the spread. This will be the third or I think the third season in a row now where I, I've decided I'm playing them until they beat me two games in a row. Right. <laughs> and they've gone from six down to four. And, uh, and again, they're 11 and one against the spread on the, in the last 12 preseason games. You look at Philly, they've covered just three of its last 11 preseason games. So we know who plays to win when they're keeping score. And it's the, the guy under the headset on the Baltimore Ravens side of the field. We're not going to see the starters in this game. You're not going to see uh, Hurts going for Philly. You're not going to see, of course, Lamar Jackson 
in the game for the Ravens. Quarterback rotation includes Tyler Huntley, Josh Johnson, Anthony Brown. I'm okay with that over Ian Book and Tanner McKee for Philly when it gets deeper into the game. So uh, at four, I mean, take a shot. At least I am. I've got house money or playing with house money with the Ravens. And if they beat me two times in a row, I'll jump off the Ravens. And exactly. And you're talking about two guys that uh, have been starters in this league and Tyler Huntley and Josh Johnson. Again, you know, that's, that's really the MO when you're looking at preseason football here. Take experienced quarterbacks. And like I said, regular season, hey, you probably go against these guys, you know, winning there. Uh, you know, like we saw with, with Baltimore last year when, when Huntley got a, a, a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of starts. Um, but in this situation, you're right, especially with, with uh, Philly is putting out there as well too. Like you said, you know, with Ian Book and, uh, Ian Book, uh, a nice college quarterback, but still, you know, not quite just there yet. And I got a chance, speaking of Ian Book, I got a chance to spend some time with him. We were, you know, did this golf event together, you know, in Sacramento. And I, I was asking him about, you know, Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia and asking him about, Hey, how do you feel about, you know, your role here? And he goes, man, he goes, I, I'm blessed. I'm happy just to have a roster spot. I'm not one of these guys. Yeah, sure. You know, I, I would love to be able to start. I'd love to be able to, to, you know, be able to carry a team. He goes, but hey, to be on a team like this and, and, and be a backup, he goes, I'm more than content with that. And with all, in all honesty, he says, he goes, I still got a lot to learn. You know, and Ian Book isn't a, a big guy. He's not really a tall guy. Right. He's kind of diminutive. You know, he's a, he's a smaller guy. And, uh, so that always kind of stick with me that, you know, Hey, this guy's happy, you know, you know, you know, being the backup, which is good for him, you know? Sure. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's preseason football. He's going to get his snaps, but, uh, I got to say, Scott, I, I like your, your logic. Like I do most of the time with all your plays, but especially here in, in preseason, because again, go with uh, veteran experience, uh, here in the preseason with a quarterback position. So it makes a lot well, of sense. And, and book sure is the kind of guy you want in your locker room. There's no doubt about that. When you listen to, you know, like what you just said i mean you know that's the kind of guy you want no doubt yeah raiders and the niners now the niners are a three and a half point choice uh obviously the game is here in uh at allegiant stadium when you look at the the raiders perspective no jimmy garoppolo and it looks like you're going to get you know uh aiden mcconnell uh probably gets chase garbers maybe late in in this game and then of course you're going to get you know brian hoyer uh as well too and i'm sure hoyer is going to start but uh did you see what number that uh aiden o'connell is going to be wearing scott I have not seen. I could I could cheat and look it up real quick and act like I know, but I haven't seen. <laughs> well, I'm just curious of what your response is when uh, either you you look it up, you see it, or when I tell you, you know, Brett Favre, Steve Walsh. Uh, uh, I'm looking at it and, now. Yeah, they, uh, there's one other guy that that wore that same number for that organization for the last nine years. Oh, that's true too. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going with number four. Okay. How crazy is that? I mean, shouldn't we? Can't we have a grace period? The guy just left in. You know, he's arguably one of the better quarterbacks in franchise history. I'm not saying you retire it, but you give it to you know a lower round draft pick immediately. And and did he wear number four at Purdue? I don't remember. I'm no, looking it up he was right a double now. digit. I think it was like eleven or twelve or something like that. It was a double yeah, digit. I was going to say if it's like your lucky number, you've been wearing it since you were in Pee Wee football. No, no. I'm looking. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, and, please do. I, th- I thought it was double digits. Or yeah, maybe you're it was right. nine. Sixteen. Yeah. Sixteen. There it is. Yeah, See? I knew it. Yeah. Well, it's it's divisible by four, so that's he's probably a math major oh, being at Purdue. No, that's probably yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I I don't understand that either. And I hadn't looked up his number. I hadn't seen it in camp or anything. But uh, yeah. as far as the game itself, I mean, you know, Purdy's been named. Well, I think he's got he's minus five hundred. I, I saw an offshore book just yesterday. They released the odds to be the starting quarterback in Week One of the regular season for the Niners, and Purdy was a pretty heavy favorite at minus five hundred uh, to be the first string quarterback over Trey Lance and Darnold. But I think I would rather have Lance or Darnold or whoever decides to play in, or whoever they decide to play in this game um, over Aiden O'Connor. And as you mentioned, Jimmy G's not going to play. Hoyer's a good quarterback. You know, if he's not going to play the entire first half, then I would kind of lean towards San Francisco. Now, I've, I've been watching the line, and it's back and forth, four, three and a half, three, you know, back to four, back to three and a half. And, um, and my screen, I've got about 25 books in front of me. And about half the books have three and a half, half the books have four. So bounce it around a little bit. I will probably end up leaving this alone unless I read something good between now and Sunday's kickoff. 
and maybe jump it in, but I'll probably leave it alone. But again, you know, Garoppolo's not going to play. You've got Hoyer and O'Connell, and uh, I would rather side with San Francisco's QBs. Yes, you know, to me, it, I mean, that it looks like looks a pretty so, decent spot. You it, know, it, right? It looks like a even decent spot. And then when we look at the depth, I mean, there's no doubt on both sides of the ball. I mean, San Francisco has better depth than the Raiders at every position. And I, and I know this, you know, for the for the Raiders, if you look at it from this standpoint, which used to be something you dig into a little bit more, the Raiders are, you know, and, and I put this in preseason relevance, the Raiders are desperate to win games and change the culture. Where San Francisco knows what they have, and they are a NFC title contender. But this particular year, going into this, you do know what you have, but you don't because you got three quarterbacks vying for number one. And so that's going to probably make them be a little bit more serious for at least a half in game one, uh, as far as this team is concerned. And I'd almost be tempted to do that. My, my uh, line service just went out on me for some reason. I was going to look at the first half line. I would guess it's going to be around two. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and in that instance, I would think about maybe even doing that TC, maybe play San Francisco in the first half after we find a little bit more about this game over the next 48 hours. And not worry about the second half, but anyway, no, yeah, line, you know, my line service down. I'm sorry, I was going to jump in and see what the halftime line is. No, I'm First sure. I'm sure you're spot you're spot on with that, and that makes a, a lot of sense uh, as well too. I don't know if you factor this in as uh, or in your handicapping or not, Scott. It's kind of, I guess, you know, it's kind of kind of deep. But in preseason games, I kind of tend to send uh, uh, to side with the visiting team. Because there's a lot that goes into these, these games that, that go on the road and, you know, you kind of treat it as a more of a, uh, a regular season game with, you know, when you're going to, uh, you know, leave and eat your meals and do this other kind of stuff and everything. It, it just seem that you're a little bit more focused when you're on the road and you're together and, and that sort of thing. And then you factor in, like, say this example with the Niners and the Raiders. This is, believe it or not, still a rivalry. They've played every year, uh, during the preseason. And these are teams, even though the, the, the players change, they don't like each other. They don't care for each other and when you look at that San Francisco coaching staff they're another one like Harbaugh uh, with Baltimore that really don't like to lose so I'm looking at San Francisco like in this spot and especially you know going on the road I just think that they're going to take this game I'm not going to say more serious than the Raiders but they're they're going to put out a good effort well the thing is is you're going to have at least two quarterbacks in this game for San Francisco who are going to be taking this seriously they're snaps you know they're going to want to they're going to want to dethrone if Purdy is, I guess he's a heavy favorite. If he is the number one guy, sort of, among the mindset in the locker room, then you've got guys like Lance and Donald who are going to want to put on a good show. Just popped up my line service again. It's actually two and a half, and only one book out of 20 has a line, has a first half line, and you've got to lay a buck 25. So the juice is on the two and a half on San Francisco, which means I would rather play the three and a half full game, and you also get to deal with Aiden O'Connell, a rookie, in all likelihood of that second half. So well, and Chase Garber is going to see some time. And Chase Garber, yeah. yeah so you've got a second fourth half quarter, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, Tennessee head coach Mike Vrabel is not going to coach in the game this weekend uh, in the preseason opener against the Bears. He's going to let his assistant coach Terrell Williams do it. Uh, this is really unprecedented, and this is Vrabel just basically saying, "Hey, this guy's been in the league for 12 years. He really hasn't much of a shot." And it's not just like he's going to turn it over to him, uh, you know, on game day. Uh, it starts with you know today's practice and run through, and he's letting him basically, you know, be the voice of the team from today all the way through the end. And I don't know if that is, you know, handicapping worthy or not, because he could say, okay, well, now you got an assistant coach doing it. But then again, the players love this assistant coach, and they may really play hard for him as well, too. Any thoughts about, you know, going for or against the Titans in this situation? It would be the Titans or nothing, but it's nothing for me, only because, like you said at the top, it's unprecedented. So there's no data you know, to let us know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, other than the fact that the players like him a lot. And, you know, we've seen players who like coaches in every sport forever, and the, and the teams have still stunk. You know, so right, right. It's, it's one of those, I mean, Nebraska loved Mike Riley. The players were crazy about Mike Riley. Well, Mike Riley's not a great football coach, so they lost games. So um, I, I'm going to pass this game. I'll, I'll tell you real quickly that I did take the points 
with the Titans over New Orleans in week one of the regular season, which we can talk about as we get closer to that. But I jumped on that. But uh, in this preseason game, again, it's one of those situations where I, there's no data and I need data. And otherwise, I feel like I'm just making it's an educated guess, but still a guess. Right, right. Makes sense. All right, quick uh, baseball take uh, real quick, man. How you been hitting them and uh, you got anything on tap for tonight? I love the month of August baseball, TC. I always have, and we're off to 7-3 and three so far in August. I've just been playing basically one game a day, and then we hit a real nice one last night, decent-sized play on the Dodgers. Took a little while to get there, dang it, but, uh, but we did get there finally. They won 2 nothing, and uh, nothing like the big top play I had, my biggest play of the summer, which was those Las Vegas aces a couple <laughs> nights ago. But, man, how could you not jump in there? I mean, real quick, I'll tell you, yeah. I'm watching part of that game on Sunday – Nine points in the third, eight points in the fourth from an all-star team, best team in in the WNBA, best coach in the WNBA, probably better than at least half the NBA coaches. And I thought, there's no way. They got a rebound by 24 boards, I think it was. I didn't care what the number was against Dallas. I was going to lay it. We did. We cashed. But as far as uh, tonight, I have uh, one play is all I had today with the short card, and that was over nine between the Nats and Phillies. It's pretty interesting because the juice was on the over, and it's been coming down today. And you've got Corbin who's been bad. He's got uh, against Philly his last four starts at 1174, 1174 ERA, 268 whip, 3.5 home runs per nine innings pitch ratio. And in the last four times he's faced the Phillies, they've hit 443 off him for a team batting average. They're averaging over five runs per game at home against Southpaws. The only reason I didn't jump in on the Phillies and lay the run and a half is because Aaron Nola has had recent struggles. Last five starts, 564 ERA. So there's all of that, and also the wind blowing out strong, according to all the sites I use, to right field, yet that, that juice has come down. So I'm like, all right, what, what, what am I not seeing? Now, there might be a player or two that's not in the lineup uh, from what I made the bet last night, but I don't care. If Corbin and Nola pitched to the way they've been pitching, I would think there would be double-digit runs scored in this one. And, you know, listen, maybe I'll lose this bet, but I think it's a good spot. Yeah. Talk about uh, unprecedented. There's four games left on the card tonight. Each one is a minimum two dollar favorite. Phillies two fifty over Washington. Tampa Bay two bucks over St. Louis. Uh, Boston two twenty over the Royals. And how about this one, Scott? You want any part of the Dodgers tonight with Clayton Kershaw minus three eighty? Yeah, you know it's welcome to August baseball, <laughs> right? And uh, the Dodgers minus one and a half is sitting at a buck ninety, as high as that. I'm looking, and you can lay two and a half with the Dodgers and only lay a buck fifteen. But how about that? I'm going to lay two and a half runs, and I got to lay a little juice uh, with it. It's crazy. It, it's August baseball, man. It is August baseball, but I, I just don't recall seeing. I mean, four games of uh, of two dollars. Uh, you know, on any given night, and then throw in a three eighty there, and then with only four games left, uh, every one of them is like ridiculous. That's yeah. Uh, and listen, you could lay two and a half runs with the Dodgers and not get the final at bat because they're at home and win by one, oh, yeah. and you don't even get your nine at bats. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I'm not touching it. I got I got away with that one last night. I, I had the Dodgers two nights ago. Basically, what I've been doing in baseball also for the last couple of weeks, I'm looking to play against Arizona every single night, and unless there's something that says I shouldn't. I'm playing against Arizona. And here's the, here, the funny thing about this. I have over 75 wins with Arizona this year. They were 50 and 34. They're now 57 and 58. They've gone 7 and 24 in their last 31 games. I had a 50 win, 34 loss team, over 75 wins with half the season to go, and I'm sweating over 75 now. <laughs> right? <laughs> Unbelievable. I know, and uh, we know that there were people that jumped in uh, during the month of uh, you know April and May that that hey, l- l- let me let me get a future on this team. You know, they're, they're, they, they they how can they not make the playoffs? Wrong. Unbelievable. They're in trouble tomorrow. Snell's been decent for the Padres. It's at Arizona. They've got Nelson going at home, and he's been miserable. He's great on the road. He can't pitch in front of his home fans. Mm-hmm. And so they're in trouble tomorrow. In fact, Snell and the Padres are laying, believe it or not, a buck 60. You got a sub 500 team on the road, and they're laying a buck 60. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff. <laughs> That's man. a little crazy. Brother, I appreciate it as always. Uh, you can go to DocSports.com, subscribe to uh, Scott's Plays. It doesn't matter if it's baseball, if it's football. Yes, he's all over the WNBA as well, wisely on the WNBA and wisely on those aces uh, the other night. So uh, congratulations on that, my friend. 
Nunchuck's the greatest. He's playing sweet number one by Bach right now. I can hear it in the back. Look at that. See? <laughs> he got named that tune in a heartbeat. There it is. <laughs> you know, this is, we should just rename the show the Nunchuck Show today because between you and Bosio, you're giving him just way too many props. I mean, way. This guy's got more props, more accolades today. Don't forget about Fernando, baby. Don't forget about yeah, Fernando. Fernando's <laughs> calling in and giving you props. Jeez. That's good. great. Is it your birthday today or something? Is that is that what it is? Uh, that's good. All right. Okay. Uh, let, let me get to a break before I fall asleep with this song, Scott. Gee, thanks a lot for that assist. Jeez. Our musical, our musical director, Scott Spritzer, ladies and gentlemen. Can we please get back to She's Strange? Please. The big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, he's going to chime in. And we got the opening night NBA schedule out. Cartwright. Cartwright! Cartwright! He yelled Cartwright. I missed that. Who's Cartwright? I'm Cartwright. You're not Cartwright. Of course I'm not Cartwright! There's only one Cartwright. Remember that. The big seven footer. Big Bill, coming to us live, let me guess today. Uh, let me go look at my crystal ball. I see, I see, it's either Sacramento or San Francisco. I don't know, it's somewhere where the weather's beautiful. What's going on, big fella? Well, actually, it's somewhere in between. My wife, Sherry, and I are driving. Oh, no, not driving again. You know, we have so many problems with you driving. I mean, <laughs> see? We're, we're, we're going to get cut off. Something's going to happen. He's going to go pull over and go to In-N-Out Burger, something like that. Uh, something's going to happen. Ooh, I want In-N-Out now. Thank you. you <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be In-N-Out. It'll probably be uh, uh, my wife wanting to go somewhere to stop for a cold drink. Starbucks, probably. Oh, Starbucks. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. I understand yeah. that. Cool. No Fairfield cool. Soul Food spot, huh? That's you know, soul food during the summer, nah, not, not so much. I, I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, okay. I, that's, that's, that's really going to slow me down. It's going to slow you down. <laughs> All right, man. So since you're commuting, and, um, you know, let's talk a little Bay Area here. Uh, I'm sure you're, you've been following what's going on here with the uh college conference realignment and all the nonsense that's been going on and the Pac-12 is deteriorating and exploding right in front of our eyes here my friend and you know the latest today is that we hear that Stanford and Cal could be going to the ACC that is the Atlantic Coast Conference you know we're Duke and North Carolina and Wake Forest and Miami and Florida State play how much sense does that make to you that Cal and Stanford could be playing in the ACC? Yeah, it makes no sense, especially uh, basketball-wise. Now, football, I think you can get away with it because it's a road trip. And, and you know, even though you got to play in different type of weather, um, but basketball... Bleed game, that's that's a long ride to go over there. So that makes zero sense. And also for such an established two colleges that should be setting the tone for everybody else, uh, Stanford and Cal, it's 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 ridiculous. And these guys, you can't tell me these guys are out of money. <laughs> Come on. It's ridiculous. Those those guys have got have got it. They've got uh, tons of donors. They've got uh, uh, tons of very uh, affluent, uh, um, smart people. So uh, to me, it, it, it makes not, no sense. So uh, I don't get it. I you know it's interesting that in our conference. Uh, teams, conferences have been recruiting Gonzaga for years to leave, and they've had enough vision to stay where they are. And if, if something's not broke, why, uh, why mess with it? But, uh, 
Yeah, yeah. None, none of that makes any sense to me. Well, uh, we back it up, but none, none of it makes sense for USC and UCLA to be going to the Big Ten. All right, Oklahoma no. and Texas going to the SEC, and you know before that it was A and M and Missouri and all this. They just it, okay, but what? None of this makes sense. But now you're saying okay, those two schools are gone. Now there's talk that maybe the the Big Ten will now turn to the Big Twenty or whatever. Uh, and you know that you're going to take you know the Arizona schools, you're going to take Washington, you're going to take Oregon. Literally right now, of the twelve schools, there are four in place right now, and they're happen to be the bottom four, you know, like, you know, Washington State and Oregon State in these schools. And so now it's like, okay, the ACC says, well, we want to poach Cal and Stanford. Let's be honest, Cal and Stanford, even though they're great academic schools, they really haven't had much success in, in any sport. I Maybe, you know, Stanford with women's basketball and maybe Stanford in baseball, but football, they haven't had success. And in men's basketball, neither one have had success for a long, long time. And so that was the word that was going to happen. Now, they had a meeting last night with the ACC presidents and pursuing and talking about Cal and Stanford for conference membership. Now they're saying, well, it's kind of hit uh, you know, significant roadblocks. So no vote was taken. And now they're saying, well, it really doesn't make sense to add these two schools because – they really don't bring us much financially. It's not much of a financial gain. Well, why'd you start these conversations in the beginning? And, and it's true. I mean, does Stanford and Cal, you know, make the ACC more attractive? Well, I think it just makes it more difficult. I mean, from a proximity standpoint, it doesn't make sense. Travel standpoint, rivalry standpoint, it doesn't make sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense, period, Bill. And, and I don't know when it's ever going to stop, but the floodgates are now open where there is no proximity. The, there are no rivalries. They don't take any of that in consideration. And for the most part, aren't all of these schools already, already making a lot of money? I understand the Pac-12 uh, TV deal is, is, is horrible and it, and it was horrible from the beginning. You know, when you don't incorporate, you know, direct TV into your package and I, I get all that, but it's just crazy. How this, you know, perceived, you know, money that they're going to make when they move to these conferences is is just just outweighing everything else of common sense. Well, of course it does. Um, I mean, the only benefit it could be for them, one benefit is money. So if, if their if their package is bigger and they and they can make no. But they can make more money, they'll go, which is interesting because it's, we know that, uh, Stanford's, do. Stanford can't need money. Uh, Cal can't need money. Um, they can't need more notoriety. Um, why in the world would you leave? You, you're, you know, at least academically, you're already at the top. So, and and you're right, and and not only that, but sports wise, you're not great already. Now you're going to get killed. Right, right, and, and you know, you get money for making bowl games and going deep into NCAA tournaments. Right, I mean, Cal and Stanford are going to get killed in 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 football and basketball. I mean, it doesn't make. Yeah, it didn't make any sense for so many reasons. And I, I see why I guess they're, they're forced from a Cal and Stanford standpoint to explore because they're saying, Oh, wait a minute. Our conference might be obliterated here. If all these other schools are leaving, wait a minute. We went from the Pac 12 to the Pac four now. So, I mean, now they're talking about, okay, bringing Mount West conference teams in. I mean, hey, you guys are safe in the WCC because you don't have any football programs over there. But I mean, that it, it's crazy. Now, now that doesn't make sense. Here's what else the ACC was talking about doing. How much does this make sense? Uh, let's invite SMU to our conference. SMU, what do they bring? I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's almost like. Uh... A player now who feels like they can get a dollar more. They'll leave. 
belief regardless. And it's, it's just really bizarre thinking. And would you love to be in a meeting, just in a meeting with, with one of these colleges when they're talking about leaving yeah. and their justifications for leaving? So um, I just think it's amazing. I think it's amazing uh, of, of what's going on. I, I know things change, times change. Uh, it's just going to. But uh, but you would think there'd be some kind of normality in uh, in the sport and in the conference where all these teams are just bailing uh, for money. So I don't know unless unless they're really that desperate. So that's crazy in its own right. But then what's more crazy? You got the Notre Dame situation. Now, we know Notre Dame has been independent in football for a long, long time, and they don't want to leave their independency, okay, because of their NBC TV deal, even though it would make a whole lot of sense from a proximity standpoint, rivalry standpoint, and even money standpoint for them to join the Big Ten. Makes all the sense in the world. But Notre Dame is already part of the ACC in every other sport except football. And so the ACC saying, hey, let's get Notre Dame in here, you know, full time with every sport. And Notre Dame is saying, no, no, thanks. We're fine. We like it the way it is. If you're the ACC, you're going like, that That makes sense. Okay. You're there for basketball. You're there for, for lacrosse and baseball and softball and everything else that's going on, right? Fencing, whatever. But for football, no, nah, no, thank you. You know, we're going to stay independent and we'll continue to play Army and Navy and, you know, schedule USC, Stanford. But who knows? That might all change now, too, because with USC, you know, leaving for the Big Ten and everything. I mean, Notre Dame is an independent, but they're in the ACC for every other sport except football. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Notre Dame has always been thought a little differently than. Than, than most schools, and you know, I don't mind that. I don't mind them um, um, being a little bit different, being a little more aloof. There's, I mean, uh, I'm not a Notre Dame fan, as you know, but uh, you, you got to give them credit for their standards, not only academically, but uh, but, but sports wise. And uh, I had some friends of mine who went to Notre Dame, and and those guys. They do an extraordinarily great job of, of bonding and uh, get-togethers and alumni events. It's 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 really irritating because it's everything every university should be. Right. So uh, those guys have great alumni. So you got to give them credit. Those guys are uh, those guys are really smart and they're really tight. But, you know, in the same vein, you got BYU, which again, you know, it was in the WCC for basketball. And I guess, you know, all the other sports as well, too, right? Now, I mean, they're an independent with football. So they're kind of in, in the same situation. You look at them in football and they were in the Mountain West and now they're independent. They're, and they're having, you know, problems scheduling these games. It's, it's strange. But then they join your conference, the WCC. And it's very, very similar to Notre Dame. And what's the latest with that? I mean, is BYU in or are they out of the WCC? They're out, right? Uh, as far as I know, they're out. Yeah. They're out. And they've, they've always been on balls. You know, when we have these uh, playing against these guys, they're really good players. And they're on the court. They're, they're 23, 24, 25 years old. Their wives at the game and, and kids. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> It's not really the. I don't think they're, our students are having the same experience they are. <laughs> so uh, it was probably rightly so that those guys exit uh, to 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 another conference. Not that not that any other school has that either, but uh, but definitely definitely different. So um, you know, I give credit. I mean, while while they were here, they were they were great for our conference. They're always really competitive, uh, so they were they were they were good for a conference and, and good luck to them. Yeah, the ever changing world of the college athletics. So the big seven footer, Big Bill Cartwright, joins us. How much have you been uh, watching the women's World Cup? You know, this is amazing that 
the World Cup is going on, and initially I was like, eh, I'm going to watch a minute of this. <laughs> and then I ended up watching more and more and more. It's outstanding. You're hooked. I'm, I'm, you got hooked I on am it. Hooked. I, I am hooked. And it's, it's funny, Sherry, who's sitting right here, she's hooked too. Okay. And it's, 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 it's really amazing that those gals, they are so competitive. And this is the difference with all the other countries and us. It's personal for them. It means everything to them. And just the emotion that happens on the floor, the physicality that's going on, um, every shot is takes your breath away. It's just how sports should be. And the sad thing, what the hell is the U.S. doing? Why don't we have that same feeling but we're playing. When you watch these other countries, every single shot is life or death. Yeah. And it's so emotional. And for us, it's like, nah. You know, we lost World Cup. It's no big deal. And uh, so, uh, but I tell you, uh, I am hooked on it. It is amazing to see uh, these, how proud everybody is of their country. Um. The effort that's put in, um, beautiful, just really beautiful stuff. You know, I love the pageantry. I love you know the men's World Cup. Uh, it's it's in, in, in the European Championships. All that for everything that you said. You know, and uh, you know even World Cup basketball and the Olympic Games. I mean, it's 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 for your country. And you're right; they take it very very seriously. And as far as Team USA go, getting eliminated in the round of 16 in the quarterfinals, and you lose on penalty kicks, and you lose to Sweden, you're the back to back champions. And yeah, they came in here an older team. They came in as like, okay, we've 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 got this. And they they played with no urgency. But when you talk about an embarrassing factor, I mean, hey, you can go back and just like me, you can remember those USA basketball teams and and you know underperforming the you know John Thompson was the coach and this and that we were having our college kids and we had to go to the dream team in 1992 and have our professionals play because it was humiliating you know for them to lose uh, because they thought it was their rite of passage that we should win every Olympiad and I think that's what it was for these women for the United States. A soccer team because they, they, they won the last two cups and they thought they're going to cruise through this. But then when you look at the roster and the makeup, you're going, Hmm, there, there's, you know, I got some question marks about the head coach. You know, you got some of these women that are, are injured and they're older. Yeah, you're right. It didn't seem like there was any urgency, but the embarrassing part, Bill, is they scored four goals in four games and a majority of those goals were in the opening game against Vietnam, who was terrible, just terrible. I mean, shouldn't even been in the World Cup. And that's the only game that you won. You won one game. And then you drew or lost in the rest. That is embarrassing. And they need to be called out for it. Yeah, yeah. You just, you just wonder how the uh, team gets selected, uh, how the coach gets selected, uh, who's accountable. Uh, but what happens on the, on the field? And let's just put the best players out there, regardless of uh, what's happened in the past, regardless of age, regardless of everything. Put the best players out there, you got you got your best chance. Yeah. But once again, for me, uh, you know, soccer is like what the fourth, fourth or fifth most popular sport in our country. I suppose in the rest of the world, soccer is number one to everybody else. So there's just this de-emphasis or it's okay to lose kind of attitude. And and you've seen this. If this team broke up or the Olympics and their country loses, like if, uh, if Spain loses, do not go over there and talk about that match to anybody that's not Spanish. They're going to be very upset. It's true. It's true. Uh, now, 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 for us, it's fine. So, 
Uh, it just doesn't have the same emphasis. It doesn't have the same feel. It doesn't have the same meaning. Um, that's why we'll, we'll never, especially the men, we'll never dominate. Yeah. All right, give unless, me your... Give me, go ahead. No, unless we can uh, uh, get, get the right people over here in our country um, who are the best soccer players. And I would say that those are probably Latino. Maybe get them on the team so we can uh, win. But uh, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. All right, you've been watching it. Give me the winner. Who wins it? Who wins the Women's World Cup? Eh, I don't know. You know, every time we watch a match, it's like uh, Sweden's supposed to be good. The other one's supposed to be good. We don't know. We don't know enough. This is like this is like a brand new sport we're kind of excited about. So we have we have no clue. I can't get him to pick a winner. Part. I mean, I can't get him to pick a winner during football season, basketball season, and in the women's World Cup. I don't know. That's well, okay. Well, well, you can't pick a winner then because you want to bet on it. You know that's not going to happen. So <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't even know what the odds are, so I don't know. Now, I'm just asking you who to pick. I don't, I don't know anything about the odds with that. You know, whether it's Sweden or uh, nor, whatever, you know, Spain or whatever. I don't. Know, I want you to, I want you to pick a winner. And see if you're right. That's all. All right, we're gonna let you go. Get back on the road. There it is. That is the big seven footer and the lovely Sherry in the car traveling again. The Griswold family. There they are. You don't have Grandma, you know, up on the top of the of the SUV there, do you? Not this time. Not this time. And you recognize this song, don't you? you rec- yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That's true. We'll just call you Clark. How's that? Yeah, exactly. Pretty close. <laughs> right. Pretty close. Just, hey, just let me know if, uh, you know, uh, you see, what's her name, driving down the road. Who was that, Nunchuck? Come on. No. Who's the, Come on, Bill. Who was the blondie driving down the road in the original vacation? Who was it? Yeah. <laughs> Chris, Christy Brinkley. Yeah, Christy Brinkley. Thank you very much. Jeez. Oh, there you go. Look, oh, look over to the left. There she is. All right, brother. Be good. Drive safe, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. All right, guys. Adios. All right. Remember, my next Chicago trip, Froggies, August 24th. Make the arrangements. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. There it is. Big seven-footer join us. I want to thank him for joining us. Chris Bazio today. A little Chicago theme today with that. Appreciate that. Talking a little MLB tomorrow. We're here at the Westgate. We're back at the Superbook. If you missed any part of the show, go to the website, check it all out. Check out the article regarding the Aces. They're in action tomorrow night. We got our interviews up there and everything else. Check it all out at tcmartinshow.com.